0: want to remind you, too, if you're an unhappy timeshare owner, you went on a vacation, you're having the time of your life. Somebody says, you can duplicate this every year for the rest of your life, and then you never end up going back. And then you realize, "Uh, there are other nice places I could go to, and I could better use that money. But every year, you got to pay the maintenance fees and whatever other fees associated with it. You wish you never did it. Well, there's a way out, thanks to my friends at Lone Star Transfer, Brian and Karen. They run a family-owned business. They will make sure that your experience is a pleasant one. They will get you out of your timeshare legally, ethically, and quickly. I have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and this is what they do. Don't let another year go by and you're paying all this money for a timeshare you're never going to use. Now, two ways to get them. Online at com. All right? Or give my friends a call. No obligation. Call pound two fifty. On your mobile, keyword timeshare. Just hit pound 250 on your mobile phone. Say the keyword timeshare. Or just go to lonestartransfer.com. All right, glad you're with us. And happy Monday. Hope you had a great, good, relaxing, fun weekend wherever you were, whatever you were doing. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Um, how it took the New York Times, as long as it did, to acknowledge... What was, even now in their own words, anti-Semitism in a cartoon is breathtaking. The rise of these attacks against uh, Christians and Jews throughout Europe is real. The numbers are real. It's scary. And uh, it's 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 stunning. I'll go through the whole episode in a couple of minutes here. Um, uh, We're going to have, I can predict, On top of all the deep state information that is making its way through the filtering process, which takes some time, and uh, we're going to have more information coming out this week that will blow you away. I wish I could share it with you now, but I can't. Um, A breaking story from The Hill today about Joe Biden. Everyone wondering, where where was Obama's big endorsement of his good buddy, the the best vice president ever in our history, crazy, creepy Uncle Joe? It got... so bad biden came up with an excuse he actually said it was um you know the only there's only one person one reason my good buddy barack hasn't hasn't come forward a full-throated endorsement that he definitely wanted to give me and the reason is i uh, i told him not to do it i said listen barack it would just be so unfair to everybody else in the race and i don't want you showing any favoritism because i can win this on the merits so please, pretty please, Brock, just try to keep your enthusiasm for my candidacy under wraps for a few months longer. OK, it sounds like all these countries were calling me and saying, please, Joe, run, run, Uncle Joe, run, because we need you to save the world. You have to do it, Joe. And now we're finding out that might have not happened either. But anyway, so <laughs> talk about a self-serving alibi. I mean, you know, what? now somebody's going to ask Obama, what's Obama going to do? He's probably going to have to say, oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to discuss any of the primary candidates. I'll wait. I'll support whoever wins the primary. Um, but the New York Times, the last time Joe Biden wanted to run for president, it was Barack Obama who told him, don't do it, Joe, you're going to lose. You know, that was according to the Times, Obama gently pressed Biden on his 2016 presidential ambitions over several weeks. And then he ultimately had a strategist deliver a discouraging assessment to Biden on the odds of being in the race against then frontrunner Hillary Clinton. And the president was not encouraging. Biden later said that, according to The Times, he believed that Clinton had the best chance to win, not creepy Uncle Joe. You know, Joe Biden has, I'm telling you, it, way do we start vetting him? I don't want to do it too early. I don't want to peak too early in these things. I've already got my Joe Biden dossier that we're we're building right now. I was like we're building one on everybody, considering it's a dossier. All it would be is called Google. You know, <laughs> if you want to be a dossier builder, go to Google. You don't have to go get the disinformation like Hillary did, you know, funnel money to a law firm and hire an op research group and Get a foreign agent to talk about hookers urinating on the bed. This is not okay. Yeah, not okay. And, uh, and it all turns out, even the New York Times now saying, it looks like that dossier thing might have been Russian intelligence. It might have been Russian disinformation. Okay, uh, you mean Russian disinformation that was used as the basis of a FISA warrant on, to spy on the Trump campaign? on top of Stefan Halper spying on behalf of, you know, whoever in the Obama government. He's got all those issues. Then you got the issue, you know, partnering at the time with Jesse Helms on the issue of uh, busing and integration. He was against it in Delaware and bragging his state's a slave state, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, we got to send a shout out today. I just uh, saw that Larry King had a heart attack and apparently went into a, hardia, a cardiac arrest and apparently has been having a difficult time breathing for a long time. He was scheduled to check himself into the hospital and while he was at home getting ready to go to the hospital, he went into cardiac arrest. He was taken by ambulance to the hospital and uh, doctors performed an angioplasty and uh, they opened up an artery that had collapsed and inserted several stents and Apparently, the 85-year-old Larry King uh, was put in cardiac intensive care, and he's expected to be released on Monday. So we're hoping he's doing okay. I mean, he's had a—he's—he's he's been one of these guys that had heart attacks and then survived. I mean, modern medicine is incredible. We don't—we don't, we don't want to pay our doctors much anymore, so you're discouraging good, talented people from ever getting into medicine. Well, what do you mean, my doctor down the block? He drives a Mercedes. Okay, he's probably 60. Because by the time a doctor does college and medical school and residency and internship and then maybe works at a hospital a couple of years and then wants to pay all that money back, all those student loans back, I guess Elizabeth Warren's going to handle that with her wealth tax. Maybe maybe they should. You take away all the student loans of doctors, you'll be doing fine. Um, Anyway, New Washington Post ABC poll shows uh, Biden in a free fall already. And is, you know, jumping into the race pop has died. He had 27% of Democrats in his corner. Uh, Bernie Sanders had 20. And uh, Morning Consult released the same day Biden had 30. Anyway, a Hill survey released on April 6th showed that Biden's share was uh, surging at 36%. He's lost nine points. No specific candidate in the crowded Democratic field commanded a major lead, although Biden led the pack at 13? 13? For a former vice president, that's a disaster. Um, Anyway, so it seems like that whole Biden fantasy might be coming apart faster than we thought. Um, I want to just turn our attention to this, the the media and their coverage and the New York Times, because it's so despicable. And the the way they've handled this and their explanation of this is just a lie. And how do you know? Because you can just see it for what it is. Now, we had this terrible shooting that took place out in the synagogue in California over the weekend, and I have a montage. How is it possible that a shooter that has a manifesto that reveals that he's a racist, that he's anti-Semitic, and a Trump hater? That's what we discovered. It didn't take us long to discover this either. You know, we, we discovered this fairly quickly. By the way, the woman that rushed in front of the rabbi and saved his life, there was only one person killed, this woman that protected and saved the rabbi. An unbelievable story. And uh, we're praying for her and her family. I mean, it was so sad to see, you know see this all unfold here, but the sole fatality in, in the San Diego area synagogue shooting was the mother and wife heroically where do these people come from in life sometimes you don't you know a wife and mother she sees what's happening it's an older man a rabbi i saw him on tv my heart was bleeding for him he's just you know so shaken by everything that had happened he she just leaps in front of the rabbi to save his life wow You know, there is a phrase in the Bible, no greater love has anyone to lay down their life for another. I mean, just so heroic. She'd been at the uh, synagogue to pray for her late mother when this anti-Semitic gunman, Trump-hater, identified as 19-year-old John Ernest, burst in and began spraying the lobby with assault rifle bullets, and the woman threw herself between Ernest and Goldstein, and originally from happens to be from Brooklyn, New York, in Crown Heights. And uh, anyway, a tragic turn. Gilbert Kay's husband, a doctor, rushed over to perform CPR. He didn't even realize it was his own wife that he was performing CPR on as she lay dying. Can you imagine that? And giving her emergency treatment. He then realizes the woman is his wife, and the shock caused him to faint. I, it's unbelievable he's now been laying on the floor next to his wife and the daughter comes out screaming quote it was the most heart-wrenching I, I, thing i've sight i have ever seen Lori took the bullet for all of us she didn't deserve to die she was the kindest person i have ever known in the community's ever known we're in such shock you know, I, I know when we like to think about, well, well how would we act at moments like that? Would you be, just think in your own head, would you be the person that jumped in front of the bullet? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was, you, you can think in your mind you're going to do a thousand things. It's like you can think about, uh, you know, I, I do fighting and training. Okay, I can think a thousand different ways. I'm going into battle. We, we spar often at the uh, dojo that I go to. I can think a thousand different things that might happen, but then you have to deal with what the reality is. And then you hope that your training kicks in. That's the whole point of training. And the media, what do they do? They blame Donald Trump, of course, listen. This is
1: an epidemic and we have a president who will not, who not only will not acknowledge that we have an epidemic of white nationalist terror after New Zealand said just a few people, he's providing the mood music for it. That is the reality we face. Yeah, I think the president needs to at some point look in the mirror and understand that the rhetoric, the words he uses in all of this, inflame this big part of what's going on in America, give permission to the most craziest people in America. And it happens in part because there's a climate set at the top of unbelievable constant lies and hostility and, and division in this country, not only as policy, but has uh, with
2: his affect. The conspiracy theories cited by these neo-Nazis in Pittsburgh and New Zealand, and now outside San Diego, a conspiracy theory that Trump never condemned and actually uh, seemed to support.
1: And we don't know if it has any connection to um, to the politics that's going on. But I mean, it would be a stretch. To, to say that it doesn't. Somebody that's anti-immigrant in California, the anti-immigrant hate and refugees going on in the country, what happened at the tree of life, and then you couple that with the president's language, it's a big problem. Donald Trump and all of this hate, right? is part of the environment of today and he, he bears some
3: responsibility for it. We can't deny it. I mean, the, the level of hateful rhetoric that's out there and that it's not enough to be someone's Opponent intellectually, but they're scum and you have to destroy them. That fills the air. Look, we've always been a violent society. America's history is founded on violence. But the underbelly was generally tamped down. We got some of it with McCarthy. We got some of it with George Wallace. But this era we're in with Donald Trump, it's like the gates of hell have been opened and but- these people get a pass on to come on out. And do it in public.
2: But we know that what's yeah. difficult is that yes, we're having this conversation right here Sunday morning. But unfortunately, the leader of the free world doesn't want to have that conversation. Sure. And I think when the president, you know, the most visible person representing this country, does not feel the urgency of this question and how to understand this, I mean, the commission you're talking about, you think Donald Trump is going to start that? I absolutely mean, absolutely not. not. <laughs> but that's what, but that's what a leader should be doing in these moments, and we just don't hear anything from him about it.
0: How does so many quickly rush to judgment? Alan Dershowitz had a great line. He's actually linking the anti-Semitic New York Times cartoon to the synagogue shooting by saying uh, the distance between the offices of the New York Times International Edition and the synagogue in San Diego, which a gunman attacked on Saturday, is growing smaller as the reach of the Internet is growing larger. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I'll get to that when we get back. Why don't I tell you about this cartoon attack on this uh, synagogue in near San Diego over the weekend. And sure enough, you have this hero, Lori Gilbert Kay. And I just played all the everybody on cable news. The very same people that have been lying and wrong and pushing conspiracy theories for two and a half years. And what did I say? I are never going to learn their lesson. They're never going to Stop and their rage and hatred of Donald Trump and anybody that likes Donald Trump has now crossed over into a level of psychosis I don't think anybody ever imagined is possible. Uh, So what did the New York Times do? Well, they finally ended up apologizing, but it took a long time to get— why did it take so long to get there? That's the question that I have, because they ran this cartoon on Thursday showing a blind President Trump— Wearing a skull cap, meaning I assume that's meant to be a yarmulke, but you see how they you see how they put that on there. It looks like it. it, it, it basically, these are all anti-Semitic. Everything about it is anti-Semitic. Even the New York Times finally, but they did this Thursday. He's being led around by the Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. They portrayed the prime minister of Israel with the Star of David around his neck as a dog. And there's a leash and collar on Netanyahu's dog character in the cartoon uh, with the Star of David on it. I mean, you could take it right out of like former Nazi propaganda crap. And anyway, the political cartoon is in the international print edition. Even they, I'll explain what they, how long, why did it take so long to get that? Why was it Saturday and not Thursday? And why was it blamed on only one guy when everybody in the newspaper has a responsibility to check that out? and then why didn't you apologize and say you're sorry on day one we'll get to all that next all right i want you to meet kelsey now when she found out she was pregnant well she wasn't really sure where to turn but after meeting with counselors at Preborn network clinics well guess what they loved her they supported her and they gave her a free 4d ultrasound for her to actually hear her baby's heartbeat
4: when a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him.
0: Can you help out this great mission of preborn? Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over, get this, $130 million. Bottom line is, insurance alone is not enough. Now, to save, just go to HealthLock.com. That's one word, HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. You know, there are more than 34 million American smokers. Now, I bet that finding a satisfying alternative to cigarettes is at the top of your list if you're a smoker. Look, I've been there before. But after many years of smoking, I finally made the switch to Juul. There's no more worrying about the way my clothes smell, worrying about what people are going to say. With Juul, everything is so much easier. Now, Juul is a vaporizer that contains nicotine for a satisfying transition. When I found Juul, it was a complete game changer. Now, Juul was designed by smokers for smokers to be an alternative to cigarettes. From its simple-to-use interface to its clean technology, well, Juul has no cigarette ash, odor, or mess. So if you're one of the 34 million adults who smoke, know that there is an alternative to cigarettes. Now, to discover the smoking alternative that's nothing like you've tried, visit J-U-U-L dot slash That's J-U-U-L dot slash Switch America. And warning, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, so on Thursday, they, I mean, this cartoon in the New York Times International Edition uses every single cliched, stereotypical, age-old, uh, caricature, descriptions. Anybody that, wa- that was anti-Semitic, that, that's what they did here. You know, just, it, I mean, it was so obvious and so, it, there was no ambiguity about what this is. None whatsoever. So it shows up in the Times report on Thursday... These anti-Semitic tropes, prime minister as a guide dog, star of David, collar leading the president. You know, it's uh, obviously. I, I read it to trying to diminish the, the true nature of a yarmulke and its holy significance and the Jewish faith. Initial editors note, finally, on Saturday, they say something. They say, well, the image was offensive. An error of judgment to publish it. It was provided by a to the New York Times uh, service and syndicate. Well, but they deleted it. This is Saturday. This happened on Thursday. And saying it's an error of judgment. They didn't say they didn't apologize for this. They didn't acknowledge what this was. You know, we just heard this horrible synagogue shooting. And what did we hear? The same idiots who've been lying for two, two and a half years, the same idiots that were out there bludgeoning a 16-year-old kid for wearing a MAGA hat, the same idiots that were advancing every bizarre conspiracy under the the face of the sun. I mean, we have a BuzzFeed reporter where they initially printed the dossier, finally saying that the dossier is an effed-up document. Well, took a while. Anyway, so... They first retracted it on Saturday. This went out on Thursday. But they never had an apology involved in any way, shape, matter, or form, which clearly means they didn't get it. They didn't fully understand it. And what's so offensive about that part of it is all you have to do is look at it. It should be a no-brainer, as they say. And... um, it's hard to imagine what took them so long to even finally go further. But then by Sunday, Thursday, all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, now we're in Sunday, they decided to give another shot. And um, they finally apologized for their actions, announced an internal review and significant changes to its editorial process in the, in the future. We are deeply sorry for the publication of anti-Semitic political cartoon last Thursday in the print edition of the New York Times that circulates outside the U.S. And we are committed to making sure nothing like this happens again. And it says such imagery is always dangerous and at a time when anti-Semitism is on the rise worldwide. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. Huge problem. We have investigated how this happened. And learn that because it's unacceptable and because of the faulty process of oh, a single editor. Oh, we're going to blame it. Da- we're going to bring it down to one single editor. No one else saw this in the New York Times. I don't believe that for five seconds. Really? They're just dumping it on one person. They're thinking, well, we'll just fight, blame one person. Anyway, it goes on to say without adequate oversight, downloaded the, syndica- the syndicated cartoon made the decision to include it in the opinion page. The matter remains under review. We are evaluating our internal processes uh, processes and training, et cetera, et cetera. We anticipate significant changes. Times has still not identified the single editor. It's just unbelievable. And we have this horrible shooting that took place. Alan Dershowitz, he made these comments. Uh, He said, one of the weapons of hate against Jews deployed by Nazi Germany were cartoons and caricatures that depicted Jews as subhuman animals, often as dogs and spiders. You remember I used to quote Mohammed Morsi, backed by the Obama administration? The guy, the Muslim Brotherhood, former head, had once referred to Jews as descendants of apes and pigs. Okay, this is what I keep saying. This is stereotypical. This is classic. This is... It is the age-old caricature descriptions in both cases. And then Obama ended up giving the guy that referred to Jews as descendants of apes and pigs... Nobody paid attention but me, seemingly in the media. And what did he get? Billions of dollars from Obama. And military support, etc. Anyway, so... He goes on to say about how one of the weapons deployed the hate against Jews in Nazi Germany, with cartoons and caricatures depicting Jews as subhuman am- animals, often as dogs or spiders. So when the New York Times International Edition published a cartoon over the weekend portraying the Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, as a dog wearing a Star of David, its editors should, have, should not have been surprised at the outrage reaction and the controversy in Europe and in Berkeley. Increasing anti-Semitism is deemed acceptable by many on the left as long as it's directed at the nation state of the Jewish people and its leaders and defenders. Israel today has increasingly become the object of historic anti-Jewish stereotyping. He's right. And I'm going to tell you, its its rise is chilling. There was an article a couple of weeks ago, and now because of anti-Semitism, many... Jewish people are leaving Europe and moving to Israel. By the way, that is their ancestral homeland. By the way, and all these people in the media blaming Trump, there's never been a president that has had a better relationship and done more to stand up for the state of Israel than President Donald Trump. All these presidents that promised they'd move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem... They made the promise, a campaign promise, then never did it. Person to do it is the person that keeps his word, Donald Trump. And then recognizing the Golan Heights as Israeli territory, which it is. And I think that certainly shows the the nature and the, the love and commitment to our closest ally in the region. Dershowitz is right. In Europe and Burke, it's, it's 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 look at Congresswoman Omar. He says the distance between the offices of the New York Times International Edition and the synagogue in San Diego, which a gunman attacked on Saturday, is growing smaller as the reach of the Internet is growing larger. Both the extreme right and extreme left dehumanize Jews, and it's far easier to kill a dehumanized stereotype than a real person. He's talking about these these Nazis. They hate, Christ, they hate Catholics. They hate everybody. So I guess except themselves and how ignorant they are. You got Omar. He said, consider these anti-Semitic remarks of Congresswoman Omar, Minnesota, or Nation of Islam leader, Louis Farrakhan. Then he goes on to say, South African bishop, Bishop Desmond Tutu, he mentioned. British Labor Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn. Many liberals have defended them. Bernie Sanders of Vermont, who is among the worst defenders, actually went to London to show support for his fellow socialist Corbyn, despite the history of anti-Semitism he has. His tolerance for anti-Semitism from the left is the most pronounced at universities where our future leaders are studying. For that reason, hard-left tolerance of anti-Semitism disguised as anti-Zionism is our future unless we can stop it. He's not wrong. Sadly, he's not wrong. And the people that rush the judgment to try to blame Trump for this Horrific shooting that took place. I mean, it's like they have no shame at all. Considering the history of Trump. And the rela- and I've known, how many, we've known, we knew, we've been really good friends with Prime Minister Netanyahu for over 20 some odd years of my life. I mean, really close friends. Um, somebody I, I think stood on the, the world stage as the only voice of moral clarity until Trump got elected. I Do told- you
5: remember how you guys met?
0: No, <laughs> I don't. How? So the
5: Prime Minister actually told the story when we went to Israel of how he met you. And it's it's actually pretty incredible. What was it? He heard you on the radio. He heard you on the radio. He heard you talking about Israel. He heard you talking about, you know, all of all of the things that were so misunderstood by so many in America and didn't truly understand what was happening. On the West Bank, Gaza Strip, you know, between the Palestinians and the, and those Jewish people who choose to live in the kibbutzes right there on the bank.
0: Well, we were in the kibbutz. Um, remember, the night before it, it got hit with a rocket. The, it's on the, the border with Gaza. I won't say it. Right, you will. Salut. Sterot. Sterot. Sorry. Uh, and we saw the, they they put in glass, BBs, metal. To to Just maximize anything, yeah. maximize and, human damage.
5: Well, I think the sadder part about that particular incident that you're talking about and that bombing is that those those particular kibbutzes are for teaching children and that's where they were having a summer camp.
0: Well remember, they can't have a. it's so close to the Gaza border they can't put playgrounds outside. They have underground play playgrounds that are basically bunkers. And if it wasn't for the Iron Dome, I you know, Israel would be in, would be hit left and right It'd every hour highly- of every day. It never stopped. And then yeah, we, that's how the prime minister met you,
5: which is very funny. He heard you on the radio, and then he called a mutual friend of ours, and he's like, You got to find this guy, this uh-huh. Hannity guy. He's an Irish guy. Yeah, talking this, about Israel and how much he loves Israel. And I just thought it was it's just so funny. Israel funny story. is the only
0: democracy in the region. And, they, and we, how deep was that tunnel we went in? It had to be 50, 100 feet below ground. And remember, I went back to help that reporter, print reporter, because she couldn't get back up, and she was a big liberal. She goes, I don't even like you well, I didn't like you until now. It was pretty funny. Funny she could, what happens when you're stuck so, in a tunnel. It was so steep to climb back up. And by the way, the tunnels that they would build were used, they were using Israeli cement and Israeli electricity that and was supposed funding. to be used for.
5: Funding that was supposed to be exactly. used for water. But
0: they use it to build these elaborate tunnels. That was when we were there in the last war. Then I did, a, I went back another time to Israel and I flew from Tel Aviv up the coast To show how small this country is in a helicopter nobody understands the security risks that they have but i mean you know it's all of this and even in the u.s congress now they can't condemn you know virulent anti-semitism and all these people in the media all weekend long blaming trump i I couldn't believe when you guys played me this montage i was trying to shut down i did not want to hear it this weekend And I was obviously I saw some of the coverage, but not I don't watch fake news that much. And then when I heard it, I couldn't believe it. Now, the BuzzFeed reporter is saying his name is uh, Anthony Cormier. I guess he's part of this investigative team that they have over BuzzFeed. And he says that uh, but he wasn't a part of the story about the dossier. And BuzzFeed editor Ben Smith made the decision to post the 35 page unverified dossier during Trump's transition Which uh, the dossier compiled now, the New York Times is telling us it was Russian disinformation. Imagine that took all this time to figure that out, and the media goes that deep into conspiracy theories, and they won't let it go. They're not saying that they were wrong. No, they just now they move their hope first from the FBI. You know, then we had a House Intel investigation, then we had a bipartisan Senate investigation. And you can't get any more clear with what Robert Mueller says. Now they're putting their faith and hope on Congress to do it. They just they're never going to stop. And, you know, by the way, there was a story, I think, on Gateway Pundit today about how Joe Biden may have discussed the Steele dossier in a secret Oval Office meeting with the coup plotters before the Trump All this is headed right into the Oval Office, I think, of the Obama administration by the time we're all done. Rod Rosenstein revealed a lot of damaging information about the Obama administration's handling of the Russian probe. And, um, you know, he, he castigated, by the way, the Obama administration for not being honest with the American people about the scope of Russian interference, scolding the FBI and Congress including Comey, for selectively leaking classified information, which is a crime. Some critical decisions about the Russia investigation were made before I got there. The previous administration chose not to publish the full story about the Russian computer hackers. This all happened on their watch. You know, the bulk of uh, information in the FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Yeah, that all happened on Biden-Obama's watch. My confirmation hearing, he said a Republican senator asked me to make a commitment. You're going to be in charge of the Russia Rush investigation. I want you to look me in the eye and tell me you'll do it right. You'll take it to its conclusion and the report the American people will see. All right. And he feels he's the one that said, nope, no obstruction. I don't particularly think Rod Rosenstein is a friend of Donald Trump. There's so much coming out. It's going to be unbelievable. And now they want bar to testify you know constitutionally congress has oversight powers not their lawyers and now they're saying that no 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 if bar comes to testify we're going to let our lawyers go at you because they're too dumb to figure it out themselves why don't you have your lawyers write the questions for you if you're too stupid to do it yourself anyway 800 941 is our toll-free telephone number new gingrich is coming in we might get some calls in. he says he's going to stick around today Anyway, I thought some prayers were with Larry King. Apparently, I think everything went okay with his surgery. Apparently, he had a heart attack, cardiac arrest. And from what I hear, he's going to be fine. Maybe release Monday. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over, get this, $130 million. Bottom line is, insurance alone is not enough. Now, to save, just go to HealthLock.com. That's one word, HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another health care provider.
3: Uh, but Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA. With my office, the Director of National Intelligence that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that?
6: I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which you all have read
3: we did not include any evidence in our report and i say our that's nsa fbi and cia with my office the director of national intelligence that had anything that had any reflection of collusion between members of the trump campaign and the russians there was no evidence of that included in in our report
1: have you seen anything Either intelligence briefings through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that sure. you made. Sure,
5: they have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking on the DNC, right? And on some of us, you know that. But have the
1: collusion, it. though. No,
5: we have not. Do you have?
6: evidence that there was in fact collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign? Not at this time.
0: Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there,
7: let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that.
3: Did evidence exist of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts? I don't know whether or not
7: such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed, I don't know.
1: The big questions, of course, is, is there any evidence of collusion you have seen yet? Is there?
8: Listen, there is a lot of smoke. We have not smoking gun at this point, but there is a lot of smoke.
1: Diane Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us
3: that? I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can not say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, Not beyond uh, what
1: has been out there open source and not beyond anything that I'm sure this committee has already seen and heard before directly from the intelligence community.
9: Finally, the special counsel investigated a number of links or contacts between the Trump campaign officials and individuals connected with the Russian government during the 2016 presidential campaign. After reviewing these contacts, the special counsel did not find any conspiracy to violate U.S. law involving Russian-linked persons and any persons associated with the Trump campaign. So that's the bottom line. The
1: way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, We have to have
8: admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court, and we have to affix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Uh, There's a lot of talk about FISA applications, and many people that I I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, In order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief.
1: Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is. If you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences.
0: All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity show right down our toll free telephone number. So you, you just heard right there everything that this country has been through uh, between an author we're going to have in, in the next hour who may not be known to you who writes about, as a liberal, the incredible, delusional, temper tantrum, insanity of of so many on the left, you know, leading to two and a half years of nonstop investigation, even though we have a president that has kept more promises, accomplished more things for more Americans than any president really in modern history, none of that seems to matter. You know, but we go through two and a half years. We have four separate investigations now into this whole notion, this idea that there was collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign. Uh, Then we find out uh, a lot more in the process. It never happened. That was the FBI nine-month investigation. How do we know? Because of the closed-door testimony recently released, Struck and Page said, we didn't have anything when we handed it over to Mueller. Nothing. And then they also said that Hillary's investigation was rigged. Now, the New York Times is saying that Hillary's bought and paid for dossier that was used as the foundation for the FISA warrants. Yeah, that was likely Russian disinformation that she ended up paying for. And they all fell hook, line and sinker because of this psychosis, this rage that seems to be taking over the left. And uh, it's actually a theme. Uh, We welcome back to the studio uh, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, Number one best-selling author, but he has his new book out, a novel called Collusion, ripped from today's headlines, if I, if you don't mind <laughs> me stealing a cliché. Uh, it really is. Could you ever think we'd go through this for two and a half years?
8: No, well no. Yeah, particularly, I keep asking the question, when did Mueller know that it wasn't true? And why did he sit on it? I mean, here, he's letting the president of the United States, weakening the whole country by allowing the whole world to believe there's, a, there's something there. And my guess is he may have known a year ago that there was nothing there. It, and it's, it's and why, really a then disservice. Why did, then
0: why did he do it? So we can get people on taxi medallions. Uh, uh, look, everyone should pay their taxes. You can't lie on loan applications. That was pretty much Manafort and Cohn. But but
8: see, I think what happened was they had, they brought in all of these very expensive, hardline Democrats, and they just couldn't let it go. I mean, they kept thinking, surely we'll find something. And they didn't. And I, I think, you know, I, I try to remind people when you go back to the Clinton period that Ken Starr's report said Clinton was guilty on 11 counts. Now, can you imagine where we'd be right now if Mullard came come in and said Trump was guilty on 11 counts? Instead, he comes in and says there's nothing there. And even when there's nothing there, the Democrats can't let it up, which is why you have this absurdity today uh, with Nadler saying, I don't just want to have the attorney general come up here. I want to have our lawyers ask him questions. Now, there's no constitutional right for lawyers to get involved. That's
0: in this not state. congressional oversight. That's <laughs> congressional lawyers' oversight. That's
8: right. Well, and it's also clearly just pure partisan attacks.
0: Well, I don't, listen, the White House has said, the president reiterated again in an interview that I had with him on Thursday night, no, we've cooperated. This president never once invoked executive privilege. He even allowed the White House counsel 30 hours before... Robert uh, Mueller's uh, special counsel, not one, 1.5 million documents, told everybody in the White House, go talk to Mueller for as long as he needs you. Um, The fact, and then they, they, they say clearly no collusion with Russia whatsoever. And then Mueller writes this cute little 200 page political document. Well, we didn't want to make a decision on it, but. There was no underlying crime, and the president was pretty vocal about wanting to fire. Maybe I should fire Mueller or Rod Rosenstein, but he didn't do it, did he? Right. Just because he thought about
8: well, it. Well, and that's and that's why I think that what what you have. I mean, when I, when I look in the eyes of some of my liberal friends, they hate Trump so deeply they can't let it up.
0: They hate you and me so deeply because we like him, but
8: not as much as they
0: hate Trump. <laughs> no, they, they doesn't, it, it, doesn't rise, <laughs> it doesn't rise. It doesn't rise to that level. No. So what happens with, now we'll get Congress, it seems like they're hell-bent, although there is a side of them that is amazingly torn. I was watching uh, Adam the Cowardly Schiff lion, uh, on TV this weekend, and he's worried. He's like, well, I don't know if we should impeach him. The public approval rating for impeachment is lower than it's ever been right now. Nobody, right. Because everyone accepts the Mueller report as is the definitive statement on this. So they're not sure what they should do, but I think the hardcore of that party is going to win out because that— Well, but they got to—look, they have a huge
8: problem. First of all, I don't think they could pass impeachment in the House because there are enough Democrats from Trump districts that are going to go, wait a second, you want me to commit suicide? I mean, this is the kind of issue where you—it's bye-bye. Uh, second, you know there's zero possibility in the Senate— that they would convict. Zero.
0: How does this play out politically for them? Because Nadler, Schiff, uh, Maxine Waters are all saying, "Okay, you're saying you're not going to come. We're going to hold you in contempt of Congress. Then it'll be fought in the courts. Uh, obviously, that's people within the White House. What about all these people that already spent a fortune on lawyers that testified right. already? You're going to drag them back to congressional committees? Well,
8: that, that's what I think should be one of the real scandals of this thing. I mean, Mueller interviewed, I think, 500 people. Every one of them had to go out and get uh, so, you know, a lawyer. I'll give you
0: the numbers. 674 days, 25-plus million dollars. 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff, 19 attorneys, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 search warrants, 230 orders for communication records, 500 witnesses, and 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence.
8: So people ought ought to actually look at the total cost of the Mueller investigation. The innocent person out there who had to take time, who had to hire a lawyer, I have a friend who spent a $1,200,000 who wasn't even engaged. I mean, it had, he had nothing to do with it, and it was at $1,200,000. So you can't imagine times 500 witnesses. Uh, there may have been a half billion dollars or more spent just on the lawyer side.
0: The thing that I think that's hard for people to understand is that, and this is, I have a hard time understanding such a transparent double standard. Hillary Clinton did have a private email server. She did send out a letter to all State Department employees saying, you're not allowed to put work material on any of your private devices. She had a private server in a mom-and-pop shop bathroom closet. We're pretty sure about six, at least, foreign intel agencies hacked into it. They probably have the 33,000 emails. And then when the the issue came up, they acid-washed the hard drive. They deleted 33,000 subpoenaed emails. We never heard of Bleach Pit before this. Now everybody knows. They busted up the devices, and they removed the SIM cards. So here's the point. An underlying crime, the Espionage Act, and a real intent by destroying the evidence with all of those steps that they made to get rid of them all.
8: Well, look, I, I think you have to start with the idea. You have two competing universes here. This is why this is so difficult and so bitter. In the Democratic Party's universe, Hillary was totally innocent, and Donald Trump is guilty. In our universe, the overwhelming weight of evidence is that Hillary actually was guilty, and that we now have Mueller, who has said that Trump was innocent. And I think if you thought of it as as a fight between two universes, you'll understand better how deep the divide is, and why the other side keeps inventing things.
0: Well, I mean, does it play out in 2020? Is this, do they- oh, absolutely. Look, you, do you think it's going to be I, huge?
8: I, I well, I watched um, Joe Biden on the View Friday,
0: yeah,
8: and it was fascinating. Uh, the left has to create a series of lies in order to survive. So the, they go. Th- that's why for a while they were so excited by Mueller, because he was going to prove their lie was true. Now he has proven their lie wasn't true, and they're really befuddled about what to do next. Now I'll give you an example because this really hit me doing some research Friday afternoon.
0: All right, hold that thought. Now, to date, Healthlock has helped its members save over, get this, $130 million. Bottom line is, insurance alone is not enough. Now, to save, just go to healthlock.com. That's one word, healthlock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider.
5: Uh, are you sorry for what you did? Are you prepared to apologize to those women?
0: Here's the deal I have to be, and
6: everybody has to be much more aware of the private space of men and women. It's not just women, but primarily women. And uh, and I am much more cognizant of that. But I am so, like, for example, uh, I actually thought in my head when I walked out here, I mean, do I? I know. It's, we're friends. It's tricky. A no, but, but, but I have to be aware of it. So I have to. I have to be more cognizant. We all have to be more. A woman or a man has a right to say, particularly women, say, no, this is not my space. They don't, shouldn't have to say no. I should be able to read better. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's legitimate. And I think it is. Uh, and to to, 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 to any, I, But I don't think anyone's ever said that I invaded their space in a way that was designed to do something uh, other than making them feel uncomfortable, but not mm-hmm. any. Thing having to do with harassment or anything they right.
5: yeah. you didn't vote for Clarence Thomas
6: right not only did I vote for Clarence Thomas I believed her from the beginning yeah I was against Clarence Thomas I did everything in my power right. to defeat Clarence Thomas and he's won by the smallest margin anyone ever won going on the Supreme Court
4: but she,
5: she was not hundred percent happy with your discussion with her so here 's your opportunity right now to just say you, you apologize you 're sorry I think we can clean this up right now
6: well by the way I, I did I understand uh, look i 'm not going to judge whether or not it was appropriate but she had whether she thought it was sufficient, but I said privately what I've said publicly I am sorry she was treated the way she was treated. I wish we could have figured out a better way to get this thing done I did Everything in my power to do what I thought was within the rules to be able to stop things. As they say in my business, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the whole load today. We got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice-looking guy. Mm. I mean, it's that's a story. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? Yeah, you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. Now, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person.
0: All right, there it is. Crazy, creepy Uncle Joe. Um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, he doesn't apologize for inappropriate touching. I haven't been crazy, more... creepy Uncle Joe. I haven't been more cognizant. And I'm sorry Anita Hill was treated the way she was treated. Well, Anita Hill did not accept that apology. Newt Gingrich is in studio with us. He's got a new book out just uh, this week. It's called Collusion, ripped right out of the headlines of today. And if you live in the New York, New Jersey area, he will be at bookends tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Crazy, creepy Uncle Joe.
8: I have to tell you, this was to me a real revelation. It shouldn't have been after all these years, but it was. So I watched... uh the Anita Hill part, and it didn't sound right. So I went back and Googled, because I remember this. So do I. And I'm very fond of of Clarence Thomas. And I went back. When the hearing was over, by 58 to 26, the American people believed Justice Thomas and did not believe Anita Hill. And what I realized was what the left does, and and they're trying to do it with Charlottesville. They did it with communists in the government. What the left does is they take something and they decided that they were going to make Anita Hill a heroine. And so now we come to a point 30 years later where he can't even tell the truth. The truth is he said to Arlen Specter, and Arlen Specter wrote it in his memoir, he thought Anita Hill was lying. But Biden couldn't say that, not in Stay in the Race.
0: Well, so, but the point is, yeah, but he has a whole history here. Oh. I mean, the, well you the, the I don't know if you've seen the latest things. Which
8: one? These things are so
0: good. Which one? And
8: I, I gotta tell you three quick things if you let me. One, they just reported that he voted to make Robert E. Lee give him back his citizenship. Right. Well if you think about how the left responded oh, yeah. Okay. There's a That's whole, funny. when that when that goes out across, it's gonna be too good. He co sponsored with Jesse Helms
0: an amendment to stop busing. Oh, oh this was in the seventies. We've yes. we've gone back and researched yeah. all that. Uh he was in one position. Then he said, no, 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 we don't want to have forced integration. And his comments about reparations right. were pretty outrageous also.
8: So here, here's the analogy I draw. And I, and I wrote a newsletter about this. Kate Smith did 3,000 recordings. Her most famous was God Bless America, which was written for her. She spent two decades visiting American troops around the world. Two of the recordings in 1931 had language that was racist one of which was actually sung by a black artist, but it's no longer appropriate. So they they took down her statue from in front of the Flyers Stadium. They have taken neither the Yankees nor the Flyers will use her voice anymore. They'll use a different version. And my point's simple. He's going to have so many Kate Smith moments in his career that by the time they get done with him, it's going to be just an embarrassment.
0: I think by the time I get done with him, because uh, it's not going to be a lot of people. He will get a pass... Do you remember, I, I know we've talked about this a lot. It was Obama 07, 08, Yep. And I was driving, you know, Frank Marshall Davis and Alinsky and Acorn and uh, Reverend Wright and, and Bernadine Dorn and Ayers and, you know, what is a community organizer? And, the, you know, white folks greed runs a world in need. I had Obama on his own reading his own book saying that. And all I was pointing out is his background showed a rigid, radical ideologue. Uh, what do you call it? Black liberation theology. He stayed in the pews of Reverend Wright 20 years. What did he hear in those pews? And we went over all of it. And for some reason, I think you thought I was do- it was too much. I was going I've, overboard.
8: I have said over and over since then, you were the only person who actually understood the core radicalism of Obama. I mean, of all the people I dealt with that year, you were the only person. And you did it no matter if everybody else ignored you, and you didn't care. You kept coming back and coming back and coming back. Well,
0: what have I been doing for two years on this whole fake, phony Russia collusion story? Right. Is there anyone else in the media, you know, except obviously talk radio, Rush, Mark, uh, Laura, Tucker, and, and Fox and Friends? Who else is there?
8: Well, and I... Lou Dobbs. That, and that's why I think you have these two alternative realities, but the problem for Biden is, the things that he did wrong, are the things that drive the left crazy. I mean, if he did things wrong that drove you and me crazy,
0: it wouldn't—he could still be the nominee. He said Obama will. Wow, this is storybook, man. He's clean and art, art, articulate and. And you got
6: the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice-looking guy. Mm. I mean, it's, that's a storybook.
0: Articulate, bright, and clean is is African American. That's a storybook, man. I'm like, what? Yeah. I, it's, I'm like, oh. But the, but the thing you've to remember about Biden is he's he's a, has a
8: very pleasant personality, but not particularly deep in the brain behind
0: it and so, so you're yeah you're saying all of the does it matter will it matter that the record of obama biden for for eight years oh
8: i think it's going to matter in part because of the Mueller report
0: i think that'll ma- it should matter i mean
8: the first question that needs to be asked of joe biden is did you know any of this and if you didn't know
0: what does that say about your role in the administration by the time we get to the bottom of all this it's right at the top yeah and there's no stopping what's coming. And people say to me, why can't we have it now? Because that's not the way the process works. But it's going to
8: keep driving. You know, the other night when you did the interview with the president, which I thought was pretty amazing, frankly.
0: Uh, I think he loves doing it on the phone. I think he's sitting, his feet are up, and he's having oh, a good yeah, time. Oh, I know. No, I, I think.
8: <laughs> uh, he, he is an unusual character. He's an effective president, but he is an unusual character. Oh, my
0: staff asked, well, how long is he going to be on? And I said, well, he could go (laughs) the rest of the show, or he could go five or ten minutes. It's up to him. That's (laughs) right. That's exactly right. I "I have no idea. But
8: but he said something which drove the left crazy when he talked about this was an attempted coup. It was. That's exactly what it was. I mean, we need to be honest about this. You had people in the United States so offended by the notion that Donald Trump could beat Hillary Clinton. That there were bureaucrats in the U.S. government, methodically, including I think up to the president, methodically doing things designed to undermine the next president of the United States. Now that is a coup by any reasonable standard.
0: How does this play out for the election? And what do you? Who's going? If you had to pick the top frontrunners, is Biden probably has to be one? Do you look at Robert Francis, Beto? Do you look at Elizabeth Warren? Do you look at Bernie? Who do you like? Who do you think emerges? <laughs>
8: I don't. I have. I don't. I mean, look, to, to I answer thought, that
0: question, you have to say well, where are the Democrats. How crazy are they going to be?
8: Well, I mean, I thought I thought originally Kamala Harris had the best shot. Not anymore. Not anymore. I think that's right. Uh, but but I, she was she kind of fit where they are. Um, I th- look. I think this is this. You're going to think I'm crazy, and, and I may be. Uh, but I I think Better Gig, if I have said that right. Buttigieg, no, no,
0: no. Uh, Buddha judge judge. Yeah.
8: i got to let him say this. Yeah. I think judge may have as good an opportunity as anybody. Really? From this standpoint, the two frontrunners are, are older people at a time when the Democratic Party's energy is younger. Uh, one of the two frontrunners is sort of vaguely a moderate at a time when the Democratic Party is moving hard to the left. The other one is nuts. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. You, you know, my theory of this whole thing is that they're going to become the 15% party. And if you look at it, the idea that you should allow violent criminals to vote while they're in prison. Including
0: is, the Sarnoff brothers.
8: Yeah. Is, is a 15% issue. Okay. And you go to killing babies after they're born. That's a 15% issue.
0: That's a 2% issue.
8: No, no, it's about 15. Is it really? That, yes, it is. That's scary. It is scary. All right. it is scary. Hmm. Then you get to uh,
0: the, the New Green Deal.
8: The New Green Deal, when you understand it, is like a 15% issue. Taking away your right to buy life to buy insurance is a fifteen percentage. I mean, you go down this whole list of things, and you suddenly begin to realize these people are running as fast as they can into a into a blind canyon
0: where they could. So have, does Biden's try and separate himself from that group, or
8: no? I mean, if you watched him on, on, on the View Friday, what he what he did is he tried to appease everybody. Everybody. I mean, I mean Biden's natural instinct is to appease everybody. And to be sort of a huggy. In fact, one of the things he gets attacked for is he kind of a huggy bear. But but that. But
0: psychologically, he is a huggy bear. Is there who who objectively in your mind? You know, politics. This has been your sport and uh, study for all these years, and you're a historian. Who has the best shot
8: at beating Trump? Mm Who judge? Really? Yeah. Think about it. Mayor Pete. He doesn't exist. He's (laughs) He's <laughs> like he's like he, he is exactly like Jimmy Carter.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: Carter Carter's great strength in 1976 was everybody could project onto him
0: whatever, whatever they, they want. want. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, and you think that he's going to emerge from the pack?
8: I think he could. Now, of course, they're then going to ask questions like, "How come your city has not been prosperous?" And "How come you have all the problems with African Americans in your city?" I mean. This is a business where the higher you get, the hotter
0: it gets. Uh, yeah, I think I've noticed in your life and <laughs> career. Um, and Buddha Judge, by the way, is gonna—he's coming to New York to meet with Al Sharpton. Apparently, they have a specific topic, according to ABC News, to discuss homophobia. Now we have some. Now everyone's kissing Sharpton's but, ring, but and, and but and he's
8: got to discuss reparations. How can he go see Sharpton and not make a pledge on reparations?
0: Well, let's play the highlights of Sharpton, so we know exact. I only have two minutes. All right, all right, let me, pl- these are the highlights of Shark okay. Tank. okay? All Come right.
6: I'm tired of the magazine, you ain't nothing. You're a punk, Now,
9: come on, do something. Uh, David,
6: yes. You want to be the only, nigga on television. The only, s*** the
9: newspaper. The
6: only, s*** to talk. Don't cover them. Don't talk to them, because you got the only, nigga trouble.
0: top. That's the guy they, they all want to support him? Look, look, this
8: is the Democratic Party. Welcome to the modern Democratic Party. Quick
0: break. More with Newt on the other side. His new book, by the way, it's up on uh, Hannity.com. Collusion. He will be in Ridgewood, New Jersey, 6 p.m. tomorrow at bookends and on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. All right. I want you to meet Kelsey. Now, when she found out she was pregnant, well, she wasn't really sure where to turn. But after meeting with counselors at Preborn Network Clinics, well, guess what? They loved her. They supported her. And they gave her a free 4D ultrasound for her to actually hear her baby's heartbeat.
4: When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him.
0: Can you help out this great mission of preborn? Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over, get this, $130 million. Bottom line is, insurance alone is not enough. Now, to save, just go to HealthLock.com. That's one word, HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. All right, our final moments. Newt Gingrich is with us. If you're in the New York, New Jersey area, he'll be at bookends tomorrow night. His book is called Collusion. He'll also be joining us tonight. All right, uh, this is going to be fascinating to watch. So everyone wants to kiss up to Al Sharpton. We played the montage in the last break. All right. Does that fly? I mean, uh, that's okay. because
8: Sharpton in the end is going to mean reparations. Reparations in the end is insanity. It's not possible.
0: Do you see any of these Green New Deal proposals being taken by the American people in this sense? Socialism, we're going to take care of everything. You don't have a worry, a fear in the world. You, we're going to take care of your health care, your school, your education, your this, retirement.
8: This is going to be an, a race between a total fantasy that is obviously unsustainable and the hard work of creating a prosperous country. And you're going to have Trump representing hard work, and you're going to have whoever ends up as a Democratic nominee representing just a total fantasy. And it reminds me of two Real great presidential govern- reelections Nixon over McGovern, Reagan, Reagan
0: over Mondale. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be great. Mr. Speaker, congrats on the book. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. And uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, bookends tomorrow night at 6. He'll be on with us tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. When we come back, news, roundup, imp- uh, information overload hour. Wait do you hear. This is an unbelievable takedown of the left and the media by a liberal. Next, straight ahead
3: here for our final news roundup and information overload.
0: All right, news roundup, information overload, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. Our uh, number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, there is a new book out that I've been reading and I am fascinated by. And I, I very rarely do I say, wow, when you hear somebody that's got a little bit of intellectual honesty, probably doesn't agree with a lot of maybe my policies or where I stand, but... But see something that is so obvious to see and they have a willingness to speak out. Now, there have been a few people, for example, with this deep state gate, the abuse of power, corruption, using the powerful tools of intelligence against the American people, rigging an investigation into one presidential candidate. And the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible that that candidate should have been put in jail. Um, Then, of course, we're going to we're going to get a FISA warrant application using a phony Russian dossier that The New York Times is now finally saying, oh, that was probably Russian disinformation. Great, because we had four FISA warrants that were used against the Trump campaign Uh, One before the election to get a backdoor into all things candidate Trump and then finally used to bludgeon the president as we've now had, you know, for two and a half plus years. And it hasn't stopped. Um, Just to give you a sense before we get to uh, Brett Easton, Ellis, who's with us, he's uh, written a brand new book. It's called White. He's going to explain it in a second. He talks about those that just can't handle some simple, basic, fundamental truth. Listen.
9: So right now, we have Hillary's
1: about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast you can look at. Poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38 in a four-way race. Clinton leading in
0: Florida. Clinton leading in North Carolina. Clinton leading in Ohio. Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh,
1: I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. It's been great.
0: I love you. <laughs> come on. Come on. See? Major
6: projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it and projects Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South
3: Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes. And South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Ohio. North
6: Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, York. Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you.
0: No, they still can't face reality, which is the premise Behind this brand new book, now it's written by uh, Brett Easton Ellis. He's an author, screenwriter. Uh, it's called White, and uh, he talks about the nanny state, crying about the 2016 elections. I, you don't agree with much of my politics. I'm assuming we're having reading this book.
7: I'm not uh I'm not partisan, you know. I'm in the middle of the aisle and I always have been. And I didn't really pay attention to politics until this last election where the mainstream news media that I trusted for all my life, whether it was the New York Times or CNN, I mean I'm saying that now with a smile on my face, um, began uh to offer me this shifting reality that I didn't think was true about uh, the campaign and about the election and I started to pay closer attention to what was going on and uh, became seriously annoyed. Listening to that roundup that you just played is hilarious but also deeply, deeply annoying. And I think the same thing can happen when you find, find those videos of election night on YouTube, much the same way that I think finding videos about people believing in the Mueller report for the last two years are also quite hilarious and are going to be played for generations to come on YouTube. Uh, you know, the media comes up with a narrative that they want to believe in, and I never really had seen that before. I hadn't seen the media actually play out like a fantasy that they had, and it was um, extremely disturbing to me.
0: You know, what's scary, and and you talk about it, and you say it. I, actually, you're you're very creative in your writing in terms of your writing style, which I like. You do have a, a, a great flair for writing, and you use a lot of expletives, which I always appreciate having been from New York. <laughs> um, but you're right, you know, the childlike disbelief, that had manifested itself immediately after the election is embarrassing and the post of what am I going to tell my daughter? And, you know, people that, and then on the other side, you would meet other people that would sit and quietly whisper to you, I'm voting for Trump, but don't tell anybody.
7: Uh, Yeah. That, that, and I described this in the book, um, I look, I live with a, uh, my partner is far left, a socialist, democrat, or I don't know, democratic, socialist, whatever you want to call it. So I'm, I'm in their shoes. I I get it. I I hear it all the time. I don't agree with it necessarily at all, but um, I understand the other side to a degree. But I also did not understand this inability to get over the election. And it started to drive me crazy at a certain point. Okay, two months, three months maybe, four months? but when we hit the 5th month and uh, my partner was talking about russian conspiracy theories and we're talking about in the spring of 2017 i started to lose it and i started to say come on you've got to get out of this you really don't believe that you know russians <clears throat> helped win this election and also that russians had something to do with the democrats losing 1000 legislative seats whenever you know two years before whatever <clears throat> But he, um, you know, there there was this belief that because Hillary lost the election, there had to be some kind of other reason that the country was just not, you know, ready for her or didn't want her. And so that, that inability, that childish inability to accept an election that was won legally and fairly began to become something ominous to me. And it played itself out through 2017, and then it started to play itself out through 2018. And the final chapter of my book is about the summer of 2018, where everything I felt imploded for the left, and how were they going to get themselves back together, and um, And that really is what the book is about. It's about kind of my progression from being someone who, okay, well, you know, the people spoke. They wanted Donald Trump uh, to be president. And yet there was this faction of a lot of people I knew who just couldn't accept it and started to create narratives and fantasies about why he won and were having meltdowns. I have seen Trump derangement syndrome in action constantly in LA and in, in California, among, among a lot of my friends. Not all of them, okay, some of them accepted it, but it. It, it got to the point where I felt I had to write about it, and I was, and I began talking about it on my podcast, the Brett Easton Ellis podcast on Patreon, and um, and that's a lot, uh, and that's where a lot of white uh, comes from from my podcast.
0: You know, I watched uh, the, and a lot of the anecdotes in the book are pretty amazing. Let me ask you: as you were watching this phony Russia Trump Trump Russia conspiracy, it was it was like ninety nine percent of the media, and like usual, I go off in my own direction and I do my own thing and and far, fairly early on I started developing sources that it was total BS you even talked about an incident involving the p tape with I didn't know there was supposed to be 14 year old russian prostitutes till I read your book uh, but it didn't exist <laughs> and you talk about turning on some of these you know networks NBC CNN it was pretty much everybody and everybody was looking at me like I had lost my mind but I have a pretty good track record of being right, starting with Richard Jewell, Trayvon and Zimmerman, Ferguson, UVA, Duke lacrosse, Baltimore, Maryland, vetting Obama. Trump can win, you know, that they don't have. And I, I just think that, for example, it wasn't hard to tell that Obama was going to win just by looking at the crowd sizes. And, but yes, exactly. You know, I didn't go into a meltdown or a depression the moment this, this guy won that I thought, wasn't capable of doing a good job. Well, you know, the same
7: thing happened with this Russian hoax that began forming itself immediately after the election that my partner grabbed onto because he couldn't believe Trump won. And so then I thought, okay, this is going to go away. This is going to go away in, uh, in a while because was there
9: really, really
7: any proof? And as we moved through 2017, I remember talking to two journalists that I uh, knew back from the day when I was living in New York, and uh, they were now situated in Washington, D.C., And apropos of nothing, we just uh, began talking on uh, Facebook. And they both told me, apropos of neither one of them knowing each other, uh, when I asked them, what's going on with this Russian conspiracy theory? Both of them, again, situated in D.C., told me it's utter BS. It's not true. Everyone knows it's not true, but they have nothing else. There's nothing else to go on. So you have this Russian conspiracy that sells papers, that gets clicks, and it's the only way that they can survive is to keep this Russian conspiracy thing going. And then I remember asking them, well what 's going to happen when it 's found out to be not true, and they both said there 's going to be a dire reckoning there 's going to be a dire reckoning about people trusting the media who sold this for two years and uh, it's where going to Where is worse. the
0: reckoning because now all they 're doing is pushing for Congress to do what mueller didn 't do <clears throat> we 've now well, had four separate right. collusions on Russia. We had the nine month FBI investigation, even struck and paid said. No, it didn't happen. They also said that the correct it w- the investigation into Hillary was rigged. It's clear she violated the law, and then we had, of course, the House Intel Committee, the bipartisan Senate Committee. Now the Mueller report can't, can't be any more clear about Russia collusion, but they want another investigation. So they'll use a a hyperpartisan Congress that believes in the Green New Deal that will el- eliminate oil, gas, the combustion engine, cows, and planes and everything is free, and uh, that, that Congress will finally do the job that Mueller wouldn't do and the FBI wouldn't do and, and other people wouldn't do. They're still hoping. Well I,
7: assumed that, well, I assumed that when the Mueller report finally came out and there was the Bar report and all that stuff, that people would finally just realize we've got to move on. We have to move on. Mueller was our god. We 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 place all of our faith in him in order to whatever he was going to do to Trump. And then ultimately, what happened? There was kind of this depression for about a week. This kind of silence for a week. And then the people who wanted to believe in the Mueller report, like my partner, said, "Well, he's lying. It's not true. He's a stooge." The whole thing. Oh, where do you tell is, him that?
0: Where <laughs> do you tell him you're on the air with me? If he knows who I am, he's gonna he's gonna go nuts.
7: <laughs> yeah, but he also knows that I. I believe in talking to everybody. Look, for this book, I've sat down with a profile for the New York Times, for the Washington Post. I also talked to Breitbart, and I'm talking to you. I mean, look, my partner's okay because uh, Bernie Sanders was on Fox just about a week ago, (laughs) and I think you just have to, you know, get rid of that and talk to both sides of the aisle. I I hate this notion that people can only talk to I agree with you.
0: I think it's stupid. and
7: It it, it drives me crazy. Stay right right there. So yeah, maybe I don't agree with a lot of what 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 you say or maybe what fox represents but i still believe
4: that uh, i hate if to you say invite me
7: on i'm going to come on and talk
4: brett
0: I, i've been right the whole time they were wrong the whole time so i i don't have much more to say except you, the fact that you agree more politically with that side is what we're going to talk about on the other side of this break uh brett easton ellis he wrote the book it's called white and it's going to be a bestseller it's a very interesting read. I'm telling you, you can't, put it, you can't put it down once you start. Talks about how the left has melted down in the country. We'll take a break. Final uh, moments with him coming up. Then our news roundup information overload. We'll get back to the horrific attack and blame of Trump for the synagogue shooting that took place this weekend. Next. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Will you join me in fighting the epic battle of the millennium? Do you realize since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, abortion states now have seen a huge increase in patients. Now, sadly, babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's why Preborn has stepped in. And they use the science of 4D ultrasound to introduce expecting moms to their precious babies. And this science works. When a mom is in crisis and hears that baby's heartbeat or sees him or her on an ultrasound, guess what? They're more than twice as likely to choose life. Now, five ultrasounds are just 140 bucks. That would help perhaps rescue five babies' lives. If you donate now, just donate securely. You can do it by dialing pound 250 on your cell, saying the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or go to their website, preborn.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, preborn.com slash Sean. You will never regret helping this organization. Unlike Planned Parenthood, they don't get a penny from the federal government. They rely on your generosity. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over, get this, $130 million. Bottom line is, insurance alone is not enough. Now, to save, just go to HealthLock.com. That's one word, HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. And as we continue, Brett Easton Ellis is with us. He's an author, screenwriter. His brand new book is out, White, where he literally takes on the nanny state. Everybody on the left, their complete meltdown over Donald Trump uh, and his election and buying into these conspiracy theories. You you know, you talked about there's going to be a reckoning. I don't see the reckoning. Right well, I see no, is they're
7: just going right and I think those those reporters that I talked to in the summer of 2017 were thinking that was going to happen but there's been no sanity about this there's been no sanity about any of this this has all been delusional and you know and and I think it's this delusion this childlike delusion about the reality of things that it has kind of upset me the most. I mean, I I don't want to actually, um, you know, believe that, you know, certain things are true or certain things are not. I mean, I like to think that there's a kind of logic to the world, and also that you're an adult. You accept things. Okay, so it didn't work out your way. You move on. You find a candidate that can get Trump out of office in 2020, but you don't lose your collective mind. You don't have this meltdown. You don't act like children for three years, and you don't believe in fantasies. And in many ways, that's what propelled me to put white together. Uh, again, as I said, Sean, I am, you know, I'm nonpartisan. I'm really not on either side of the aisle. But for some reason, the, the last three years of being around people who had actual Trump derangement syndrome and were completely believing in these narratives. And these well, narratives, let me
0: just tell you one thing we may share. We live in a real world. I, I'm more critical of Republicans for being weak, visionless, spineless. They make promises. They don't keep them. The thing I love the most about Donald Trump is he's courageous. He keeps his word, his promises. He fights hard for everything he said he was going to do. How rare is that? He's an individual. He Oh. He's
7: an individual.
0: He's a disruptor. He's an individual. And, iconoclast. and I
7: admire him for that.
0: Oh. All right. Well, listen. Yeah, he's I, an individual. I'd urge everybody. We're going to put it up on our website, Hannity.com. Uh, Brett. Easton Ellis. It's called White, and it is a takedown of how the uh, media and the left wing in this country have just lost their minds uh, since the Trump election and these conspiracy theories that followed. Thank you. Good luck to you, Brett, and uh, if you're in New York, let us know. We'll put you on TV. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it.
6: Unemployment rates for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans have all reached
8: their lowest levels in the history of our country.
3: And remember this, if I make any misstatement, if I'm off by just a little tiny bit,
6: those people back there will be headlines. So I have to be very careful, fake news, they're fake, they are fake, they are fakers.
3: I'll tell you, you know what sucks? Their ratings suck because people don't believe
1: in them. This is an epidemic and we have a president who will not, who not only will not acknowledge that we have an epidemic of white nationalist terror after New Zealand said just a few people, he's providing the mood music for it. That is the reality we face. Yeah, I think the president needs to at some point look in the mirror And understand that the rhetoric, the words he uses in all of this inflame this big part of what's going on in America, give permission to the most craziest people in America. And it happens in part because there's a climate set at the top of unbelievable, constant lies and hostility and, and division in this country, uh, not only as policy, but has uh, with his affect.
2: The conspiracy theories cited by these neo-Nazis in Pittsburgh and New Zealand and now outside San Diego, a conspiracy theory that Trump never condemned and actually uh, seemed to
1: support. And we don't know if it has any connection to um, to the politics that's going on. But I mean, it would be a stretch to, to say that it doesn't. Somebody that's anti-immigrant in California, the anti-immigrant hate and refugees going on in the country, what happened at the tree of life, and then you couple that with the president's language, it's a big problem. Donald Trump and all of this hate, right, is part of the environment of today, and he, he bears some responsibility
3: for it. We can't deny it, I mean, the the level of hateful rhetoric that's out there and that it's not enough to be someone's opponent intellectually, but they're scum and you have to destroy them. That fills the air. Look, we've always been a violent society. America's history is founded on violence. But the underbelly was generally tamped down. We got some of it with McCarthy. We got some of it with George Wallace. But this era we're in with Donald Trump, it's like the gates of hell have been opened and these people get a pass on to come on out and do it in public.
2: But we know but what's yeah. difficult is that yes, we're having this conversation right here Sunday morning, but unfortunately the leader of the free world doesn't want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think when the president, you know, the most visible person representing this country does not feel the urgency of this question and how to understand this. I mean, the commission you're talking about, you think Donald Trump is gonna start that? I absolutely mean, absolutely not. not. <laughs> but that's what but that's what a leader should be doing in these moments, and we just don't hear anything from him about it.
9: Let me test your liberalism. (laughs) If you have a bachelor's degree, you, on average, earn 65% more than someone who doesn't have one. If you have a master's degree, 100% more over the course of your lifetime. So nothing is free, like a free lunch, no. Neither is college. Somebody will be paying for this free college, and it will be taxpayers. So are we really saying that someone who didn't go to college... Should be subsidizing the people who went and got the benefit from going to college and made more money? Is that really a liberal thing? And that's an incredible
3: transfer from lower-income people to higher-income people. If you look at the beneficiaries of that Same. proposal, it is a huge subsidy right. to higher-income people. And if you're out buying votes, you go with the people you think are going to vote. <laughs> that's you what you call it. Cash. Yeah, the sugar the sugar
0: lobby is out there, too. You feed <laughs> it all. I mean, that's that's hopefully what we so can get away right.
9: from. But unfortunately, that's not for the version just right. funneling the money to the rich people. We,
6: we, we've had we've <laughs> massive increase in the cost of college. Right. Debt has become crippling for a lot of folks. People
0: profiting off that stuff. You, you, is it right to have, try to make it a little easier? Sure. But what I'd what I'd rather see is a, actually expansion of the GI Bill and incentivize a broader vision of national service. that's not just the military, but parks, Teach for America, and then you get and then you get a, a, a reduction in your in your loan loan forgiveness or your college tuition. That's a kind of broader policy that can
3: unite the nation. <laughs> Focusing on that I, I, rather than. A free but I'm just asking, it doesn't seem like something liberals should be for. They should be for the poorest people.
0: All right, there you have it. There's your weekend uh, wrap-up of your corrupt news media. Uh, basically saying, well, you know, Bob Mueller, just, well, sometimes you have to cheat. And, you know, this montage of everybody, we have this horrific shooting at the synagogue. And what is the media's reaction? Is to, well, blame Donald Trump, of course. There's never been a, a president in the history of this country that has supported and, and and fully gone on board in support of the state of Israel than Donald J. Trump. I mean, and and to say all that you just heard there about them do you know, about somehow that this is Trump's rhetoric led to the shooting. What? Now, if you look at the facts, which I know a lot of people don't want to do, but the facts are pretty interesting in this particular case because you find that none of what they're suggesting or none of what they're saying is true when it comes to the shooting. Apparently, he had a, um, what was it, one of those, I guess, his rantings, and we find out a manifesto that shows that he is a racist, anti-Semitic Trump hater. He didn't like Donald Trump. All right, so we're going to blame all the anti-Trump People on television, the 99% that have been saying collusion, 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 Russia, 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 will blame them, considering he likes them and hates Donald Trump. But there's never been a president in the history of this country that has supported Israel like this. Moving the embassy to Jerusalem. How many people promised that, never delivered? And recognizing the Golan Heights. Was Israeli territory another big issue? People thought, oh, there's no way Bibi Netanyahu will become a, a, the longest-serving prime minister in the history of Israel, you know, surpassing its its founding prime minister Ben Gurion by a number of years with this recent win. I mean, it's it's sick. This is how your media works here. Um, we had a lot of heroes step up in this whole. Synagogue shooting issue out in California. I mean, one dead, three injured, a man detained, and you know the president said the right thing. Looks like a hate crime. It's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Well, while all that was happening, well, the paper of record, the New York Times, they were out there doing their thing. Oh, that's right. They actually had a cartoon. It's even. It's. It's unfathomable to me. It's. It's so incredulous. You know, a blatantly anti-Semitic cartoon on the opinion pages of the international section, and this is the Times—a the cartoon showing a blind President Trump wearing a skull cap, uh, being led around by the Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, who's portrayed as a dog, a leash and collar on the Netanyahu dog character is in the cartoon. Well, they have the star of David on it. I mean, it literally just ugh. And they took a while to apologize. Why did it take so long? I mean, once again you have, you know, the, the, the specter of rank anti Semitism rearing its ugly head. But again, it's the Democratic Party. Why is this rise of anti Semitism all throughout Europe and now America getting to unprecedented levels here? Not unprecedented, but scary levels. You know, but nobody wanted to take on Congresswoman Omar's virulent anti-Semitism. So finally, after the Thursday cartoon, New York Times finally on Sunday said they were deeply sorry about publishing the cartoon depicting, again, the prime minister. Now, it came Sunday afternoon after it issued an earlier statement saying that it was wrong to run a cartoon that contained, quote, anti-Semitic tropes. But... The statement didn't contain an apology. News statement says we're deeply sorry for the publication of the anti-Semitic political cartoon last Thursday in the print edition of the New York Times that circulates outside the U.S. We're committed to making sure nothing like this ever happens again. Now, if it was a conservative that did anything like this right now, the boycott would be full on. There'd be no support for calls of censorship. Get them off the air. Um, Then they write such an image or such imagery is always dangerous at a time when anti-Semitism is on the rise worldwide. Okay, then why did you do it? Why did it take three days? Why did it take three seconds to recognize what this is? They said the decision to run the cartoon was made by a single editor. Nobody else reads the paper. One editor going to dump it on one guy. Without adequate oversight. The matter remain. well, you've known about it for three days. Well, what took you three days to yourselves figure it out? Not buying any of their answers here. And I would only add that if a conservative publication had done this and, and published this bigoted filth, as the New York Times did, I doubt that conservative would su- would survive after all that they tried to do to the conservative. You now, we'd be seeing demonstrations in front of, You know, Fox News, talk radio stations, the Times Midtown headquarters, you know, they were conservative. They'd be surrounded by now. Times staffers harassed on the way to the buildings. That's what they do to conservatives. I'm not saying they should shut down. I'm saying that's why I don't read this crap because they're so bigoted and biased and they've been so wrong like everybody else in the media. You know, I mean, really, seriously, Bill Maher wants to be taken. Sometimes you just got to do what you have to do. You know, doesn't matter. Stan is in Flushing, New York. What's up, Stan? How are you? Glad you called, sir. The all-new AM710WOR.
9: Yes, hello, Sean. Could, do you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, Sean, sure, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to say, I am a professor of Jewish history, and there is a false narrative being pushed currently by Palestinians and their surrogates, such as Congresswoman Ilan Omar, that Jews are colonists of Palestine. Every genetic study Sean, since October 2013 by the journals New Science and by the journal Nature have concluded that Ashkenazi Jews, Ashkenazi Jews who created the modern Zionist movement, are half European and half ancient Israelite. Henshaw, Ashkenazi Jews who created the modern state of Israel are not colonists. They are the descendants of ancient Israelites returning to their ancestral homeland.
0: It is a historical fact that this is their ancestral homeland. Yes. That is, there's no ambiguity in this whatsoever.
9: And I just want to add, before um, the genetic tests of October 2013 were conducted and reported in these two journals, it was merely the historical record of over 3,000 years of Jewish life in the land of Israel, including two temples in Jerusalem, the first destroyed by the Babylonians and the second by the Romans in 70 AD. But since October 2013, Sean, we now have the genetic evidence that shows Ashkenazim are 50 to 60 percent Israelite. They are returning to their homes.
0: Um, I got to tell you something. I I see now, there's a recent article, I think in the last two weeks in Europe, about how uh, people that are Jewish, they're leaving because of the rise of anti-Semitism. You see all these Christian churches all throughout Europe. They're being attacked there. They, you know, America is founded on Judeo-Christian principles, those ethics. And um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's getting ugly. Makes you think what is going on here. And a lot of it is, you know, look at the front page of the Drudge Report all day. Who has been the loudest voice on radio and TV screaming about Sharia law and the practice of Sharia law in countries like Saudi Arabia. I don't know, I, strategically speaking, you know, sometimes you got to make alliances that you don't like. Like in World War II, we aligned with the former Soviet Union to defeat Nazism and fascism. And, you know, it, it was, but then Patton wanted to go right into Russia and, and finish Russia off at that time, the former Soviet Union. But they're apparently beheading gays, but they're saying they're terrorists. I don't know what the truth is, but I know that a lot of these countries under Sharia law, it doesn't matter if you're Sunni or Shia, it's happening in Iran, too. But they are beheading, they're throwing gays off windows. They treat women like crap. That You can't practice Christianity or Judaism. 800 941 sean toll-free uh, telephone number. we got a great Hannity tonight. I'm going after the media tonight, big time. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight at 9. Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, Sarah Carter tonight, Newt Gingrich, Joe Concha, Concha. Oh, and what about, oh, let's see, anti Semitism and an anti Semitic cartoon at the New York Times last Thursday. They can't get it right till Sunday. Also, uh, Kellyanne Conway and, yeah uh kevin mccarthy uh will join us and much more that's nine eastern tonight on hannity news you won't get anywhere else and the deep state it's all happening anyway thanks for being with us we'll see you back here tomorrow hey if you want a firearm that is easier to transport you gotta check out the u.s survival rifle from our friends at henry repeating arms now it is a portable rifle that you can put together take apart in just minutes Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at com slash Sean, S-E-A-N.